name's Josh Alvarez. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you're listening to episode 160 of Spookapunk. Spooky Punk. Spooky Punks with an X. Yeah. 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 I guess, so I guess we are fully in into Cineween. our Cineween what? season. Now, we, y'all might remember in the past for Cineween, we've gone crazy with like, recruiting writers so that we have something published like every day of the month. And yeah, this year just that like, just, just asking people to write for yeah. stuff and, and well, some really great stuff thing, and Liam, some really terrible stuff, by the way, everybody says that they love spooky season, man, but not everybody loves writing about spooky season. Right. And we're still stoked to host people's writing. Like our blog still exists and I'm hoping to review some movies from Chicago film fest. We'll talk about that a little later. Uh, but, uh, but I just think with the blog, like, we always were spending so much time recruiting editors and writers. I'm just not prioritizing it anymore. It's still there. I still want to host cool stuff. If you're interested in writing for us, you know, hit us up. But I'm not going to, I, you know, I spend a lot of time soliciting stuff and not getting anything. So I think we're just going to, we're going to put that on the back burner for now, which for Cineween just means, you know, we're, we're hoping that all the, the awesome podcast will cover spooky stuff for the season. Yeah. And, and like we've done we're that. doing today. Yeah. We, <laughs> and, and, you know, I've done stuff for horror business. I'm about to record a spooky cinema smorgasbord coming up soon. Uh, you know, obviously Twitch of the death nerve did a spooky episode, but even tomb of ideas, they did a, they came back, they had been on hiatus. They came back to talk about werewolf by night, which I think is super cool. So like, you know, there's definitely some efforts to include this stuff. It's just not going to be, this whole like we're posting an essay every day that, that and it's gonna be scary well and for this episode josh you wanted to talk about two new very contemporary spooky films so tell me about the two movies that you chose we chose well i chose deadstream on shooter uh-huh and the new hellraiser 2022 hell hellraiser yeah, horror new movies. horror movies. That's the thing, Liam. Everyone's like, yo, new horror sucks. I wish everything was like Argento back in the day. Which, by the way, there's a new Argento movie on Shudder right now. That's true, which I am actually interested to watch. It's yeah. weird It's weird to say I'm interested in that new Argento, but I am. I've heard, I haven't heard glowing things, but I've heard enough mm-hmm. people say, well, it's not terrible, that I'm like, well, yeah. there you go. All right. <laughs> Which is like, honestly, what was the last one? The Dracula John, right? With our, with yeah. Ozzy Argento. Uh, and no, like, he's done stuff since then that was even uh, worse than that. God, that thing was abysmal. I think I could be wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong, y'all. That I thought he did stuff since Dracula that was even worse, but I could be wrong. But again, if this new one's good, that's, I, I, you if know. This could, if this new one's even watchable from start to finish. Yeah. In as much as it's not offensive in yeah. its either taste or in its uh, execution, then sure. I'll consider it a, a resounding win. Well, and and I want that for him, too, because at a certain time, right, mm-hmm. I feel like he was is, for me, one of the most successful horror directors, right? Easily but, one of the most influential horror directors. Oh, definitely. But I, I mean, even by like... Um, uh, uh, just in the, in the sense of like uh, a string of movies I actually enjoy, right? Mm-hmm. So, like starting the first three of his Giallo, I love. I think they're all amazing. Now I've never seen the Five Days, and I don't think a lot of people have. So mm. I'm okay saying I haven't seen it. I don't know, 
But then Deep Red, I love it. Deep Red, Suspiria, I love it. Inferno, I'd even I love count it. Opera as a Giallo, and I love uh-huh. that too. Uh, Tenebrae, I love it. Uh, Phenomena, I love it. Opera, yeah. I love it. Now, Two Evil Eyes. Okay, I'm actually right. a little iffy. I'm a little iffy on Two Two Evil Eyes, and I can't even say it's entirely his fault. Yeah, I don't love King of Ads. Did I've not never see seen that. Trauma. Uh, okay, so yeah, so basically up to. Uh, we can say up to opera. So that's 1987. That's yeah. still a huge run, right? And they're and then all there's, super fun. And and I, ridiculous. my understanding is his 90s output is hit or or miss. So it's not that it's all bad. Mm. I know people who like some of these 90s movies, but this is when it started to go off the rails was in the 90s. I have heard, though, he has uh, a segment on the Masters of Horror from the 2000s that I've heard many people say is really, really good. Oh, you know what? I'm wrong, everybody. Dracula 3D was the last thing he did. 2012 Dracula 3D. Giallo came out before that, 2009. I've watched that. That is a horrible. That's a that's a crime. That Giallo movie. Word that bad? I I hated it. I really thought uh, it was terrible. So, anyways, but but I've also never seen Mother of Tears. I hear that's bad too. Fucking abysmal. Yeah. Wow. That movie. Good but like Lord. I said, I know people who've seen the Masters of Horror segment who really like it. So you know. Who knows? Right. Right. Okay. Anyways, point is, I love him. I hope he's back. I'm excited to watch it. So we, point, we wanted to do new horror, is, like you said. Yeah. The, uh, well, I don't want to say everyone. Actually, I would say a chunk of people we know are cool with new horror, and I like that. You know, the Carnage mm. Report is on the network. They only do new horror. Um, you know, Justin Lore is my co-host. He loves new horror movies. He watches a lot of new horror movies. But you know, there's a chunk of people we love and respect. Let's say in more of the Twitch of the Death Nerve world, you know, <laughs> we're, we're up to our buddy Charles. He's going to be our guest on the next episode. But uh, a chunk of people in that world are less stoked on New Heart. Now, now, I know I'm on the Discord for Twitch of the Death Nerve. It's not a universal thing. Some people in there like new stuff. But I know a friend of the show, Sam, who's one of our favorite people in the world. Worldwide. She, whenever a New Heart movie is something she actually enjoys, it's like a holiday, right? Like that movie like stands out because she's like, Oh, I thought that was pretty good. I'm like, you did. (laughs) It's like such an amazing thing. But uh, you know, I will say there is a consistency there. And I also want to say that, um, there is a significant difference in the style of filmmaking overall between older horror and new horror. So while there are people who just only like old horror because they're obsessed with a certain era, yeah, but like, I don't think it's wrong to say, like, for example, there are stylistic consistencies between Blumhouse movies. So if mm. someone's like, oh, I don't really like Blumhouse movies, I don't think necessarily they're being a dickhead because there yeah, is. That's different, though, a, a than being like any movie that came out after 1989 is terrible. I you know don't, what I mean? Okay, like, I don't know. I mean, first of all, I know that that's not true of a chunk of people I know who yeah. like older horror because I know a ton of people who will go hard for 90s movies. So I think the 90s is included. But I think starting <laughs> starting in the 2000s, yeah, there's some real hard feelings. And I think the exceptions to the rule kind of prove the rule a little bit because they are so mm. weird, the yeah. ones that, that still get praised. But yeah, I, I think for us, we're, I am more of a – I am more excited about new horror than other people are. Mm. However, I will say, and I don't know if this is true for you. I do have a better success rate, though I've seen a lot of old horror. Mm. There's still a ton of stuff I haven't seen. And yeah. if I compare directly, I'm going to watch an old movie I've never seen before, or I'm going to watch a brand new movie. I have a much better hit rate with old movies I haven't seen before than with new movies. 
That being said, I can't conscribe myself not to watch new movies. Like there have been so many new movies that I truly love that I can't give up on it. And I would never, it doesn't even make sense Mm -hmm. to me too. I love going to a film fest and seeing a bunch of new movies I've never heard of. That's for me, part of the joy of being a fan of, of film, you know? Yeah, no, I'm with that. And the funny thing is I don't even consider myself like a horror dude. Like there are horror movies that I love. But it's still the minority in terms of like the pie chart of movies that I watch. Right. So it's not like the kind of thing where I can be like, oh, well, as an aficionado of horror movies, you know what I mean? Like, so, but you're right. Like, I definitely have a much higher hit rate of movies that are like, you know, Shudder has a bunch of stuff on there on their streaming platform. That's like older movies. I'm like, have never seen more so with Arrow. I'd say Arrow has a lot more movies on it that I'm like, oh, wow, these are weird old movies. Yeah. It doesn't even feel like specifically horror. Well, anyway. I, yeah, I think with Arrow, there's a lot of cult stuff. For people who don't know, Arrow has their own streaming service. Now, I will say a chunk of stuff that's on the Arrow service, you can get on other streamers. So I understand if you feel like it's not worth it to subscribe to Arrow, but it's only like 80 bucks for the year, right? Yeah, so it's so fun. I feel pretty I okay it. about it. And to me... There's so much interesting cult stuff on there. There's weird kaiju movies. There's all these like uh, samurai films and stuff. So like it's totally worth it to me. But I will say Shudder in focusing more on horror, they're a little bit more limited. But occasionally Mm. Shudder will also go outside of the realms of traditional horror. And I love that. Some of the cult movies that have ended up on Shudder, like let's say genre film that have ended up on Shudder Mm. that aren't traditional horror are great. Like there's some really stellar stuff. So I, I like, I, I like both. Uh, I like both channels. I will say if you've spent time watching every new horror movie on shutter, you've definitely watched some terrible movies. Cause it's like, yeah, it's sure. like I, in my experience, now some people have less, have less high standards or, Maybe I shouldn't say high status. Let's say some less people are discerning are, tastes. Are, uh, I'll, 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 I'll go. I'll go as far as to say who are less picky and uptight. People who are less picky than me probably have a higher hit rate. But for me, mm. every third new movie I watch on Shutter, I think is not up to stuff. Yeah. Right? I would that's agree. still yeah. pretty good, though. That's, that's still not pretty bad. good. I though. mean, in the world yeah. of movies, that's really not that yeah, bad. Exactly. Well, and that's what I'll say. I think some of my favorite movies of all time are probably not horror movies, even though I love horror, but I have a much higher hit rate with horror. It's similar to music. I think for me, horror and hardcore are related, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm going to hear a new band and that new band is, let's say, general rock, there is an 80% chance I'm going to think that band is boring and bad. But if I'm going to hear a new band and they are hardcore, there is an 80% chance I might think they're pretty good, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, will they be my favorite band of all time? Probably not. But if you put it on, I might be like, oh, sick. You know, like, yeah, be I'll like, be stoked. Oh, but a lot, of, a lot of my favorite bands of all time are not necessarily hardcore bands, which people don't realize because I do listen to a lot and I post a lot about hardcore. But like, you know, I'm putting on the Mountain Goats. I'm putting on Radiohead. I'm putting on mm-hmm. hip hop stuff. Like some of the stuff that really is my, you know, that uh, the, the one Rocky Erickson record. Uh, the the uh, what is it e- the evil one or whatever that yeah. I listen to that all the time not just the spooky season you know what I mean so mm-hmm. like there there's stuff that really uh, resonates with me that's not hardcore but a podcast that like posts new hardcore stuff that's a fun thing for me because there's gonna be something on there that I'm like oh that's cool oh I dig yeah. that you know yeah 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 for okay. sure let's uh but before let's we get our, into yeah, all yeah, of yeah. that let's, we gotta do Liam, our thank yous and stuff yeah who do we have to thank my friend 
Well, of course, we want to thank all our friends on Patreon. Uh, thanks for the feedback on Lunch with Liam. We've been getting people letting us know that they like it. Uh, we're going to try to get on schedule with those. We really just appreciate all the support we get from people on Patreon. If you are curious about stuff on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com backslash Cinepunks. That's C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. And check it out. Uh, we do post. We're trying to post there more regularly. We're We're going to get. More on top of doing that, you know, I, I don't, we never promised lunch with Liam was weekly, but we're going to try to do it as often as we can. Uh, and Only it's easy because I do. like talking to Liam as often as I oh, can. Oh, totally. So, you know, I mean, this force, this forces us to talk as often as possible, but just happen <laughs> to record it. And I like that. Uh, and so I, you know, that's good. I'm okay with that. And I'll tell you what, we talk more shit on lunch with Liam. I'm just putting do that out Do people like lunch with Liam? I've heard positive feedback. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That it's a ton of people, but our Patreon isn't a ton of people, so you know that's fine. But if the Patreon people like it, then guess what? That's, Your boy is happy matters. with the yeah, output. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I like. Of course, we want to thank our friends over at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Uh, their website being xlvacx.com. Uh, Josh, uh, you know, let's say I was thinking I needed a shirt that said, um, uh, "In Jaws, the mayor of the town in Jaws." is still the mayor in Jaws 2. I want that shirt. Right, right, right. I stole that Where would you internet, get such a shirt? Where would you get a shirt I like would that? probably have it printed. I would just send the picture of the guy on the internet I saw already wearing that <laughs> to shirt Chris. to Chris and say, Chris, <laughs> steal this idea, but make it look like it's our idea. And then, uh, and then I would put it on a shirt. Well, here's <laughs> the funny thing about Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. They are the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley. Yep. And proprietor of said company. Mr. Chris Reject and I are going to be Rancid Tattoo Punk friends and we're going to get Rancid Tattoos together. I don't so know, good. I don't, I don't, don't you want to support a company that would do something like that? Or whose boss would anyway? That's right. We have Valley Power Creations, xlvacx.com for all of your screen printing needs. Holla at your boy. Tell them that Cinepunk sent you. Yeah. Uh, and they'll add 10% to the cost. Add stop, addition. Stop. What? Head on over to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com if you love coffee, tea, sick coffee-related merch. Uh, <laughs> our buddy Aaron Dahlbeck, he is offering you high-quality beans at an affordable price, roasted to order so they're as fresh as possible. And if you have questions about, well, how do I brew this at home in a way that's going to give me the best possible result? Aaron can help you with that. Uh, hit him up and, and and ask your questions. Um, I just think he's running a truly stellar business over there. And one of my favorite parts is he collaborates with many of the punk and hardcore bands, as well as other uh, nonprofits and businesses that you love to offer coffee tie-ins. So uh, head on over EssexCoffeeRoasters.com to get your coffee as soon as you can. And on your way out, yeah, they're going to put in a code, Josh. What's it going to be? C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. And step into the world of 10% off of your entire order. <laughs> that was good. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank uh, you. Now, we, of course, want to thank our uh, editor. Uh, Extraordinaire. Uh, yeah, producer uh, uh, Emeritus and sound uh, guru for the whole Cinepunks Network, hopefully uh, soon, uh, Sharky. Over at mechanicalsharkmedia.com. Uh, if you need to film something, to do special effects for something, to stream something, to do some sort of green screen work, uh, maybe you need puppets or other sorts of uh, interesting 
um, uh, features for media. Uh, you need your podcast recorded. You need help. You need a rock video for your, your band. All that stuff. Sharky over at Mechanical Shark Media and uh, Bigger Boat Studios is uh, is the guy you want uh, to help you out. He, he He's uh, really a master of media and has done some really amazing work. So we really appreciate him. And we hope that uh, uh, soon some of you will be going to him with your media needs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's all the thank yous. What do we? Uh, oh, Josh, I don't. I don't remember what we do now. I believe it's right behind the door behind <gasps> you. Dun, 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 dun. What could it be? Wagon on track. Oh, I thought it was going to be a little Japanese girl with long black hair. Yeah. That's it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, yeah, Whack It On Track. Yes. Brought to you by Cinepunks. Yes. I know. Am I, going, am I going first or second? You tell me, baby. Dealer's choice. All right. I'll go first. Uh, I, I felt like I didn't have a lot to say. I forgot. This past Wednesday night, instead of going to the Shaco Film Fest opening night, which I probably should have done since I have a press pass uh, that I haven't even picked up yet. Instead, I went to go see Friend of the Show. And fellow Cinepunk, Mike Paulshock, play bass in world-renowned act, Webbed Wing, at the Beat Kitchen in Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, we love Mike so much. Met Can up we with, just say that? Oh, yeah. Met up with friend of the show, Nick uh, Acosta, who you guys know runs the New Morality Zine, uh, the, the label. And I guess Zine sometimes, too, but right now, primarily label. Uh, me and Nick met up because uh, one of the bands on Nick's label, Prize Horse, is opening this tour that features Webbed Wing, Taking Meds, Prize Horse, and then opening this show was a band called Habitats. I sent you some of that Habitats yeah, stuff, Josh. It's what so you think good. Of it? I love it. Now, what's great it. is the bass player for Habitats is now the new singer of Cidios Quiere, who's also on Nick's label, who's that uh, Southside um, thrash me tape read kind of band uh, that does it. a lot of stuff about the the police and Latinx issues and stuff. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Southside Chicago is, you know, sort of the ancestral home of Chicago Latinx punk. Uh, you know, Martine uh, from Los Crudos basically built a scene in that part of the world. I mean, with help from lots of other people, but everyone knows Martine basically. And that scene has produced all kinds of bands, including this band Habitats, which is, you know, self-identified South side email band. Um, what did you, th how would you describe the sound to people of this band? Uh, it's, I mean, South side emo is pretty much the best descriptor <laughs> for this kind of music. Yeah. It's catchy. It's, it's not exactly poppy. I, I just really like it. It's very it, honest. It feels like a little more, a little more twinkly version of a, of a title fight, you know, yeah, a little that's less, exactly it. a little yeah. less pop punky, like more emo, influence. more textury. Yeah. You but know but I mean? with the like, vocals that are a little tougher, you know how title fight yeah. is sort of a mix of uh, tough singing. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's a little tough. Sometimes it's a little soft. It kind of mm -hmm. depends on the song. Uh, with this band, it's mostly kind of emotional and a little shouty over stuff that has like emo-y, uh, poppy stuff. It, but it's intense. You know, it's it's not like a stare at your shoes kind of band, but it is very influenced by the tradition of emotional hardcore. So yeah, I think they I think were it's good. a band that Cross Keys would fit nicely with. Yeah, I yeah. actually agree. I agree Just really saying. hard. Uh, then Prize Horse played next. They're from uh, Minneapolis. So good. I love Three that piece. band. Great band. It's funny how you each, introduced me to that band. That's why I love it. Yeah. I think they're really great. They're, I'll say live, they're surprisingly heavy. Like, you know, that record, 
has a few moments that are a little heavy, like a little chuggy mm-hmm. live. Those are much more, it's a heavy experience live. They are nice. loud and, and intense, but also very, you know, pretty and, and good. I really, I really like it. Uh, Taking Meds is a cool band. I'd never seen them live. There's a lot of energy there. It's fun. For me, I kind of like their more, they have some songs that are a little more rockin' in the emo tradition and some songs that are a little more mathy, you know, sort of that more mathy influenced emo, a little more uh, uh, sort of like, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I prefer those songs to the more rockin' songs. The more rockin' songs kind of remind me at times of Piebald. And as much as I like Piebald, I don't need more of that in my life. Yeah, you know, because we got kind of got Piebald. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Now I think that some people might feel like that's an unfair comparison because the vocals are nothing like that. But for me, I just that's what it reminds me of. Whereas the more uh, mathy sort of chordy, you know, uh, technical songs, those are cool to me because they're unexpectedly catchy, despite there being more complications on them. They tend to catch with me a little bit more especially on the courses so uh i don't know i i i might be reaching but at times those songs kind of make me think of fair cat a little bit who i think is highly underrated you know so i don't know it was cool to see them live but they're just not one of my favorite bands but then Webwing, i love Webwing. sometimes when i think about Webwing, i think of them as a band i like because i like mike and i know taylor you know he's kind of a nice dude i don't know jake the drummer really i've never really talked to him but he lives with mike and they seem he seems like a cool dude so like i just think of them as like oh this is a band i like because people i know are in it and then i see them live and that shit is catchy man that's a great band like they're so solid live Taylor's a great front man. Uh, I think sometimes his banter gets on people's nerves a little bit, but at this show, he was very funny and very on point and I had a lot of fun. I was glad I saw them and they had an awesome new shirt that had beast uh, from the X-Men in full blue fur mode on it. So I had to get that. I had to get that shirt. So nice. Uh, yeah, it was a fun time. It was a good time. Other than that, all I've been doing is just watching horror movies, either for funsies or for podcasts. And there's a lot more recordings coming out soon of, me talking about spooky stuff in honor of October. Uh, I also, as I said, I signed up for a press pass at the Chicago Film Fest. I haven't been able to go. I really haven't had time to check it out. And now I have to like request movies in advance. And that's like adding a whole other layer for me and my frustrating, very limiting ADHD issues. So I'm feeling very frustrated with that whole process. I, I'm still going to go, but I don't feel great about it right now you know so that's not my favorite uh and i vended at a film fest in milwaukee yesterday called twisted dreams uh i don't know if anyone there would even be listening to this uh other than mike what's up mike uh mike from uh the shameless picture shows a new show on the network he was very friendly and very cool it was great talking to him uh and I talked to a few people there who were stoked on what we do, but for the most part, it was just too many vendors for too small a crowd. So I spent a lot of time just looking at my phone, man. And that's were they like, showing movies at this thing though? Yeah, it was a film fest. I didn't watch really any Anything movies. Good? No, I didn't. No, I mean it wasn't even just like I wasn't interested. It was like by the time I was, you know, I could focus on going in to watch a movie. A lot of times they had already started. You know, like mm. it was really trying to talk to people between movies, right? Yeah. And where I was, I wasn't like out in the thick of it. So I was really trying to like kind of grab people's attention a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, and then I'd have to like, you know, run to the bathroom and stuff and do whatever. So I don't know. It, it was, 
it was fine. Uh, none of the movies looked particularly interesting to me. I watched some of the shorts before the movies when it, when the fest first started, there weren't a lot of people there. So I caught uh, two of the shorts because there just wasn't that many people to talk to. Uh, and those were okay, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it was like, you know, I was glad to be invited, but I just think you are doing a disservice when there's literally not even like physically enough room for all your vendors. It's just, it's not a great look. So I, I was a little bummed on it, but that being said, uh, I did talk to a couple of the other vendors who were nice folks and I'm hoping that, you know, this is part of us getting out more in the Midwest with rough, rough cut stuff. And I'm hoping that means we start making a little more cash in hand. And then I can justify coming out to the East coast with, for rough Yay. cut stuff, you know? So anyways, that's all I got, Josh. What about you? All right. I know it's spooky season, but I kind of do what so, you want. It doesn't matter. Do what you, you know what I mean? Like whatever you got is cool. You know, at the risk of hyperbolizing, I think I saw the greatest cinematic experience I've ever had in my entire life last night. Okay. What was it? So at the Lightbox Theater in uh, University Arts here on Broad Street, uh, they did a screening of a movie called 32 Sounds. Okay. Do you know about this movie? Nothing. It is a documentary about a relationship of people with sound. Okay. And it was done. Everybody had to wear headphones. And the director, Sam Green, narrates the movie as it's playing. And it was the most magnificent cinematic experience I've ever had in my entire life. You put the headphones on, and then he tells you to take them off. And then you sit there, and you listen with your eyes closed, and you open your eyes. And it's a documentary. So he's talking to a lot of people. And he talks to people between like, just, you know, there's an astrophysicist in there that created a microphone that is shaped like the human head. So, you know, sound and directionality and like immersion and all that stuff is a part of it. And then he talks to um, a lady who is, who is um, a peer of Asada Shakur. And because of it, she had to become an expat in Cuba and talks about, you know, her relationship to um, Ain't No Stopping Us Now. You know what I mean? Like stuff like this. And it was, it's, it was so beautiful. And Liam, it was, uh, it wasn't the kind of thing where I even cried or anything like this. It was just the most beautiful essay on the sense of hearing, but also on the sensation of sound and its relation to the human condition and all of the things that make us who we are. And I mean, like it was wild. They talked to a Foley artist and it was so so like it starts with a heartbeat and, um you know, the screen is white and it's Sam Green talking about, you know, literally on the stage next to the microphone, like talking to us and saying, you know, sound is the first sense that you develop. You develop it four months in the womb and, you know, you develop before you develop any sense of taste or touch or any of the other senses. Like that's the first one. And that's probably why the relationship of sound to the person is like so concrete. And for, for those of us music enthusiasts and stuff like this, it's like such a, a like a palatable, like palpable thing. And then he goes on to talk about how um, there was a physicist um, who was talking about how like sound doesn't disappear. It just gets really quiet as it leads through the universe. You know what I mean? And he was saying like, there's like kind of like this romantic element of like everything you've ever said still exists. 
it's just, you know, spreading further and further away as time goes on. And it's just like, dude, it was so good. I, I was I was completely moved to the point where I don't even have words to describe how it made me feel. There was a point in the movie where he was talking about he was talking to one um one of his filmmaker friends about, you know, immersion audio in theaters and stuff like that. And uh, how like the only true way to see a movie with complete immersion in the audio system would be to do it with headphones and how his friend was like, no, nah, man, like, you know, you miss those low cycling tones and like, you know, the bass rumble. So they put in these two subwoofers in the theater for the screening. And he was like, feel free to walk up and touch the speakers as we play this DJ music. And like, you know, people were dancing around and all that stuff. And he was like, you know, that's the part of like the feeling that you feel in your chest, which is also part of the sound experience. And oh, my God, it was just so cool. It was one of the best movie experiences I've ever had in my entire life. I can't say that enough. And he's touring with it now. So like I'm at this point trying to figure out how am I going to get all my friends to see this damn movie? Because you have to see it with the director, with the headphones. Like, it's available to stream, apparently, because I looked it up. Because I was like, dude, what is, like, the home exhibition of this movie going to be? Like, are people going to be watching it with him narrating it? Like, I don't even know. But him just telling the stories. Like, there was one point where he talks about his brother's suicide. And, like, you're watching. He, he His brother committed suicide while he was filming a documentary on the fog in San Francisco. And so he was playing the video of that with like just the ambient sounds and everything. And his voice comes on in the headphones and he's talking about how like, you know, it's such a profound thing to, it was weird that he was working on that documentary when that happened and how it was all connected and like all of it was still there. And he was like, in the, in the narration, he was like, this is too much for me. So I had to leave the theater and me and Milani saw him leave the theater, like before that part happened. And so it was just a recording of him narrating, which is wild because he's talking through the whole thing. And then that happened. Ah, it was just Liam. I'm telling you. And the music was done by um, J.D. Sampson, the person from yeah. La Tigra. Yeah. It's so, so. This all sounds very cool. It's incredible. If it comes to Chicago, Liam, you have to see it because all it's right, I'll so keep good. An eye I, like I, the closest. I've never even here, heard of it before. Dude, it's so beautiful and it's wonderful. There's one. So he was talking about the song Ain't No Stopping Us Now with with the expat, the the lady who's in Cuba. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, unfortunately. But anyway, um, and he was filming her listening to the song from when she was still active with the Black Panthers and working with Asada Shakur. And she was talking about how like that the song just made her so happy. And she's like, you just want to see me dance. And she's listening to it on headphones and stuff. And she was saying how, like, you know, Ain't No Stopping Us Now was like an anthem, but it was also a pop song that moved the heart as well as the soul, all this stuff. And he was saying how, like, you know, it's crazy that a one inch, one eighth inch tape of magnets and stuff, magic, whatever, brought her that memory and reignited the feeling of when she heard it the first time. But then she had passed in 2009. So now that one inch one eighth inch tape reminded him of that moment yeah and in as much how the echo of sound is the integument that ties all that together mm. dude it was so good it was it so good. really cool and him talking about the bass notes and like having everybody like stand up and touch the subwoofers and all that stuff like you know i'm a bass player right like it's one of those things that like i related to on such a visceral and human level 
Sure. It's like when you're yeah. playing bass in a hardcore band, right? Part of it is that you feel that rumble from your speaker, from your yeah. amplifier. Yeah. And if that, like for me, if that rumble in my chest isn't in time with whatever the drummer is doing, then I know it's off. So like just the concept that he even addressed that is such a weirdly specific thing that is universal, but it was like the most lonely and connected I've ever felt in a movie screen. Sure. Am yeah, I? that makes sense. Dude, it was awesome. So it's called 32 Sounds. Uh, if you go to 32sounds.com, there's a, I think he has like a touring schedule, but it's 100% worth your time to make it to wherever it's playing near you to go see it with Sam Green narrating because it is masterful storytelling. It's so, so good. Like the movie opens with a scene of a tree falling in the woods and it has no sound and it ends with the Foley artist making the sound so that when the tree falls again, you hear it. It's so cool. It's just, ah, it's wonderful. I loved it so much. Can't recommend it enough. 100% if it's anywhere near you within like a three, three hour drive, you have to go see it. 100% recommend. So yeah, that's all I got. Oh, that's great. That's perfect. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about two brand new horror movies in honor of the Halloween season. Uh, maybe you haven't seen them yet, but this is we're going to talk about them and hopefully you'll get excited to watch them. Deadstream on Shudder and 2022's new Hellraiser on Hulu. <laughs> we'll be right back. After the break. Corpses all hang ahead and settling. Bodies with no surprises in the blood drains down like devil's ring. We'll bet tonight. I Can turn inside out Cause I gotta have you on my wall Gotta have you on my wall Cause I want your skulls I need your skulls I want your skulls I need your skulls Your 
And we're back. So we are here to talk about new horror movies because so many people that I speak to are just like, yo, man, horror hasn't been good since the early 90s or whatever. And it's like, okay, I get it. But we've talked about this in the past. A friend of the show, Stephen Welch, is like, well, you know, it stands to reason that if a lot of stuff sucks, then, of course, the same ratio applies to horror movies where there's a lot of stuff, but only a little bit of it is good. And okay, that's fair too. I think for me, I definitely for a minute, as I was getting into my cinematic journey, I definitely was like a person that was like, ah, no, I have, it's not by Lucio Fulci. I don't want to see it. But um, as I've gotten further in the journey of understanding and knowing my relationship to film, I realized that I do like a lot of new stuff and a lot of new horror movies. And I definitely, I like, being a person that doesn't live my life looking through a rearview mirror. I like looking forward to things. I like expecting things. I like the anticipation of things. And unless you're open to it, if you're not open to it, then you're not going to like it. Period. I think I said that the other day on Twitter about Hellraiser 2022, that if you or no about Halloween ends, if you like it, you're going to like it. And if you don't like it, you're not going to like it. You said this in our discord, which is not yet open for folks, but keep an eye out. We'll be promoting our discord soon. And uh, all you said was, if you're, if you're going to like it, you're going to like it. If you're not going to like it, you're not going to like it. And I'm like, that's everything. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, let me explain myself because here's the funny thing about discord, Liam. And I just want to put this out there too. This is not my first deliance with the platform. Did you okay. know that? No. Melani and I signed up for Discord because we competed in a global Tetris tournament, which is why my name on there is Pogi Tetris. Like <laughs> which that. is how I, like I already that. have a Discord thing. But um, so now it's really weird because I keep on getting messages from the um, Tetris one and now Cinepunk. So it's like all constant. I mean, you can straight up turn off the notification. I don't have the notifications on and I run the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not into notifications. That's just how it is. But. <laughs> But okay, defend yourself okay, here. So what do you mean thing. by this phrase, which feels like something you say when you have nothing to say? Here's the thing, man. A lot of people who tell me that they didn't like Halloween ends begin with the caveat of, well, I don't really like Halloween. And a lot of people that have defended Halloween ends have begun with, well, I love all of Halloween. So it then stands to reason that, like, you know, it's not a movie that's an island. It is... I mean, as much as we'd like to think of ourselves as non non uh, partisan, you know, critics and just completely like clinical with our uh, dissections of these things, it's one of those things where it doesn't stand alone. It exists in the universe where other I don't things think exist. That, I don't think that, that. I don't think that holds water even a little bit. I think it does. People already all go, the people I know, goes, all the people I know who hated it love Halloween. I I don't know okay. a single case of what you're talking about because all the people I know who don't like Halloween weren't dumb enough to go see Halloween ends or even stream it. All the people I know who hate Halloween were like, why would I like this? If I don't like the other ones, I'm not going to fucking watch it. Whereas the people I know who watched it were like, you know, hoping for, for, for something. Um, The only part that is a bummer to me about the response is when people admit that they liked Halloween kills. And I'm like, you, something must be wrong with you. If you liked Halloween kills, get out of here. So I'm about halfway through. And I'm withholding my judgment because mm-hmm. I know that there are surprises to come from what people said. Now, no one spoiled anything for me, 
But from what people said, I can I know that things will take unexpected turns, and I'm hoping that those unexpected turns will 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 make me feel good about the movie. But you know, I don't I don't. So I'm, you mean I, to tell me you don't so know anybody who has preconceptions for movies going into them? That's what you're telling. That's not what you said. You said you literally just said everyone who doesn't like Halloween ends doesn't like Halloween, and I was like. That's not true of anyone I know right. who told well, me maybe that they I didn't like Halloween ends. I'm talking about the fact that people go into movies with preconceptions. That Sure, but what does who, that have to do with Halloween ends? That it's a whole it, so how many horror movies um let me think about this in different terms. It occurs to me. Now I could be wrong. But Justin Laura likes a lot more horror movies than I do. Oh, tons. Yeah, he, he definitely has a, 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 a real wide gate when it comes to horror. Okay, so going into horror movies, a lot of the times, he will like it. Uh, not universally, but yeah, there, he, he's got a higher hit rate than I do, sure. Okay, same thing with the Halloween franchise. A lot of people love it and are going into it being like, well, it's a Halloween movie. I like it. No? No, I don't buy that for a second. I think that a ton of people who liked the other Halloween movies didn't like this movie. Uh, personally, I'm unemotional if I don't like it because I only like Halloween, the original. One, two, and three. Yeah. Uh, and two is pretty good, and three is great. Uh, I don't like any of the sequels after that. I don't like the Rob Zombie Johns. <laughs> and even yeah. the very first one of this series I thought was okay. But I but rewatched part two it. Is awful, yeah. Well, and even rewatching the first one, I'm like, I really only like the parts with Jamie Lee Curtis. Like all the stuff with the kids, I'm kind of unemotional about. Like I didn't hate it, <laughs> but I just was like, that's fine, whatever. Like I just didn't really care. And Halloween Kills was a nightmare. Like I know yeah, there are people abysmal. Yeah, I think I there are people who like it kind of ironically. Like I've seen people be like, it was so bad, it's so great, and I'm like, no, I can't with that. That's not. Yeah, no. I mean, we're also not people that do so bad. It's good. Right. Like we don't do that. That's not who we are. I don't so, know. I feel like I could be. I. It's been a while, but like I liked the room when I first saw it and that's not good. So I feel like I'm open to the idea that something could be. Well, oftentimes when someone says it's so bad, it's good. I don't agree with that evaluation. I think it's good because it's ridiculous in some other way it's not the badness that makes it good it's something else about it that i find charming in it's and of itself the goodness that makes it good <laughs> well but again i don't i but i could admit that it's like poorly made like i do think yeah. i have a little bit of irony in my bloodstream but i don't think that it's a major factor for me and i don't uh -huh. understand when some of these things that people really love i try to watch it i'm just like oh it's just torture i don't know why we're watching this <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But I will say I am going to give it a chance. This new one, a because I just it doesn't make sense to me. I've you know I've already watched the other two. I might as well give this one a fair shake. And b because a few people I know who I don't think are crazy did like it, and I want to say well I appreciate these folks, and I think that they have you know some good opinions. So I want to give it a chance and really mm -hmm. think like okay, let me give it its fair shake. So I'm definitely doing that. Um, but you know, sometimes people love things that I don't understand why they do. And that's fine too. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people like those first three, uh, fast and furious movies and you know, yeah. I don't, actually I a guess lot of th people, three is the Tokyo one, right? The three is yeah. okay. A but lot of people two like, like the music of Drake. I'll never get it. You know what I mean? That's but that's what me. they like. I think those people are just wrong. No, that's actually <laughs> incorrect. Um, okay. So let's get, let's get back to these movies. Right, 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 right. Uh, do you want to start with Hellraiser or Deadstream? 
don't know. Which one did you watch first? I did Deadstream first, actually. So yeah, me too. That. Me too. Let's talk yeah. about that one. Okay. What so, did you think about Deadstream? Give me a little synopsis, Liam. What so did you those, think of Deadstream? For those people who don't know, Deadstream is... Spoiler uh, alert. Go on. Oh, yeah. We're... We're, we're going to we spoil have, the bullshit out of both of these movies. spoil both these movies. And they're really new. So yeah, I so, apologize for that if anyone is listening who doesn't want them spoiled. Or stop it right do. now. Stop yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go watch them and then come on back. You can stream both these movies. So it's not like you have to go to a theater. Okay, so for Deadstream, uh, uh, it's it's filmed and presented like a live stream event. So mm. we're given a character who his whole vibe is that he is a semi-disgraced live stream slash YouTube guy who has done some things in the past that got him some pushback. And he has put out uh, a kind of bullshit apology that I think most people have seen through. And so he's doing this thing where he's staying in a haunted, haunted house. house as a way to like get people back excited about him and to get his sponsorships back. Yeah. There's some type of like a redemptive arc to this that he's like, well, I have to do whatever you tell me to do. And I think there's a, it's also supposed to be a sense of desperation. That's why yeah. at, at times when he's clearly supposed to be like really wants to leave, he ends up staying because of this need to like get his career back on track, you know? Uh, so he stays uh-huh. in this house and, Pretty quickly, uh, scary supernatural things start to happen. Uh, more of the backstory of the house is is sort of revealed, and uh, he's eventually joined by a fan who it's eventually revealed is actually the ghost, one of the many ghosts in the yeah. house, uh, fucking with him. And and the film really has, if I'm being straightforward, a bit of an Evil Dead two funny bone in it. You know, yeah, like a bit of a sense sure. of humor while still being is, very stark and upsetting. Like yeah. there's there's some of the most disturbing low budget horror imagery I've seen in years in this movie. Just moments that I thought, oh, fuck, fuck, oh, fuck. <laughs> Genuinely scary moments pop yes. up all yes. throughout this movie. That whole third act of this movie. Unbelievable. Now, I want to say we talked about this movie briefly on Horror Business and, you know, my co-host on Horror Business, Justin Lore, he liked this movie. He found the host, the act. So this movie was written by a couple and it stars one of those two people and he directed it and he's he's carrying a lot of the movie. It's basically him, then people sending him videos of advice and then the ghosts and that's everyone in the movie, right? And yeah. so, like, and people are also sending him like text messages or something. Yeah, like, well, he they're, can they're read. Ch- I know you don't know anything about how the internet works. Anyone who's been on a live stream, <laughs> this is what a live stream is. He's streaming, and people are commenting the whole time. Right. Uh, and it's it's not TikTok. It's not like a real service. They've made up a service for the movie, which is understandable. Uh, but they can people can send him links and videos and stuff like that, and he occasionally watches them to get some insight about what's happening around him. Uh, but a lot of the movie is being carried by this guy who wrote it and is directing it. Justin didn't like this guy. He found him a little over the top and he found the performance a little unbelievable. And he thought the whole thing was just a little bit much, but uh, much like you, he doesn't watch live streams. He has no idea what these fucking influencers are like uh-huh. for, for my opinion, Josh, this guy kind of was a little too subtle. Really? I, oh yeah. I think actual live streamers are 20 times more annoying than this guy. Like this guy was playing it as a slightly more human version of what these people are like. So this was like low key performance here. I mean, it's over the top, especially when he gets scared. 
but Ugh. not in a way that I think is, is, is disruptive to the movie. And I think for Josh, it wasn't just, or Josh, for Justin, it wasn't just the moments where he was scared. It was the moments when he was just doing his thing. Like, mm-hmm. well, people don't talk like that. Well, yeah, they fucking do, man. As their job. <laughs> That's what they do. In fact, they're more yeah. ridiculous than this guy, you know? So I, I thought he carried it very well. I thought his performance was actually really strong. I guess maybe if his, if, if the humor parts don't work for you, then this movie might not work. Uh, and if the gooey parts don't work for you, then this movie might not work. But if you're on board with those two things, I thought this was fucking great. This is, is yeah. it's not like, it's not like some new masterpiece of horror, no. but it is super solid. It's super well done. And I can't believe that this very small group of people was able to pull off what is a very believable fake live stream of stuff going on. You know, like I thought it was very well executed and there weren't a lot of places where I was like, oh, this is where they messed with stuff or this is where yeah, they yeah, did yeah, this. Yeah. Like, it the really whole worked. thing felt seamless. The whole thing felt like, I mean, again, as Liam has pointed out directly. I don't watch live streams, people. I don't know. But that said, if I were to have watched a live stream and this is what I was presented with, I'd be like, oh, okay, I guess that's what a live stream is. And uh, yeah, it, I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to make you felt, feel bad about that. I'm just saying, like, you don't have a cut because you're like, I don't know. They're like messaging him. I'm like, yeah, like every live stream, <laughs> there's a chat box. Okay, Liam, I get <laughs> it. I don't. I'm old. But um, here's the thing, though, man. Like, there were some legit scary fucking bits in this guy. Crazy shit happens. Like, Crazy there's shit parts. Happens. There's parts where you can only see a hanging person through his iPad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my sweet baby Jesus. That part had me throwing up. I was so frightened. Like, and I mean, like, granted, listeners, you know, I am the kind of person that when we're here, I like to be here, right? Like, I like to throw myself into what it is that we're doing. Thus, like, when we saw Barbarian, me and Melani saw it, and it freaked me out. I was, like, screaming in the movie theater. It was a super fun time. Same with this movie. I was just like, oh, my God, this is wild-ass times right here. Holy shit. I really enjoyed the shit out of this movie. I thought it was super fun. I thought it was super scary. There were a lot of bits I thought were like, I mean, just like him throwing the key away and locking himself in from the beginning, just so that he doesn't leave the house. Frightening. Absolutely frightening. Yeah. I mean, I think there's some decisions. People are also going to have to decide, like, do I believe that someone would do that in order to uh, get their life back on? Cause he's really trying to, this is his only job and he's trying to like get his audience back and the desperation of that really comes through but that all fucking worked for me man i i yeah hell yeah me too i I don't want to oversell this because i think if you are biased against so this is the sort of movie that i think in a theater it would be overwhelming because it's so internet Mm. and i watch it on my tv i feel like i should have watched it on like an ipad and or a laptop or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah, totally because that's the vibe of the movie for some people, that sounds like a nightmare. Like, there's a reason they would never watch anything streaming like that. But for mm. me, like, I'm not a fan of that sort of thing, but I don't mm. find it totally upsetting. So turning that into a way to create a fictional narrative was cool for me. I found it really interesting. And I think it worked for the kind of scares that are in this movie. Yeah, I found it really effective. And I thought uh, what this movie relies on is editing, because you have to believe that he could he's live editing his own live stream so you have to believe that he can do what he's doing and he would do what he's doing and i thought they sold it at no point you know there's a lot of problems with found footage but one of the major problems with found footage is i don't believe this would happen i don't believe not that the events would happen but that people would film this Mm -hmm. but 
this context, a fake live stream, much like the other one that I'm, I, I think it works pretty well as fake documentary. Mm-hmm. I believe that this would be filmed. I believe it would be filmed this way. And I believe he would make these decisions. Not only that, I think they use the way he would choose to show his audience stuff to tell the story better. And right. I thought all that was really smart. Do I prefer this to a, what I would call a real movie? No, but I don't care. It was really well done. And I think if, if, if a fake live stream doesn't sound like torture to you, you should watch this as soon as possible. And it if you like so horror well movies, done. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think there are people who like horror movies who, as soon as this thing starts, they're going to turn it off. As soon yeah. as he starts talking, I mean, straight up, like when I talked to both uh, a friend of the show, Chris Reject, and friend of the show, Evan, about TikTok, they have various reasons they don't like it. Primarily, it's the idea that anyone would look at their phone and talk at it just makes them unhappy. <laughs> like that's not a thing that should happen in the world is you talking yeah. to your phone. But this is that that's exactly what this is, is a guy talking to the internet. And by the way, millions of people watching him do that and think it's the best thing ever. If that bums you out, this movie's not going to make you feel, I mean, maybe it will because of all the horrible things that happened to him. Maybe this is the yeah. exact kind I of mean, revenge fantasy. Not, you I, need. I happen to echo what reject and Evan say as well. Like I'm not that dude that likes people talking yeah. to their phones like this. That said, I watched you this still movie. still got sucked in, yeah. Yeah, and I was 100% there for it. 100% huh. present. Huh. I, yeah. I, I don't know. We'll, 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 actually, let's put it this way. I won't prescribe, and neither will you. Check this movie out. It's on Shudder. It's not going to cost you money if you're already on Shudder. Let us know what you think. I'm really curious. If you're someone who hates the very idea of what this is, but this movie worked for you, I'd love to hear about that. For me, I don't mind people talking to their phones, especially if they have interesting things to say. The problem for me with a live stream is this kind of like I'm reading the comments and responding. I'm being very exaggerated in the way I'm talking like the vibe of this dude in real life. I would be like, oh, fuck this and turn it off immediately. But because I knew this was fake and that something bad was going to happen was part of the reason I really wanted to see what it was. (laughs) And and I think the whole mythology of it works, by the way. I think the cosmology, the, the, the whole mythos that they set up. All that really flows. I just think it's 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 an I really interesting think that thing. Despite the artifice being something that's almost categorically distasteful to me, the backstory and the execution of the actual writing of this really is what sold it for me. I agree. I think it's I think it's um it's kind of an achievement, if I'm being honest. Like I think something and maybe that's like a little grand, but I think doing this sort of thing in a way that actually works is at minimum unique. It's unique yeah. that he was able to do this. Um, I don't, I won't be offended if people say they couldn't handle it. It was just too annoying. But uh, I think a lot of people will watch this and really find it effective. Uh, you know what? Technically, we haven't spoiled anything yet. So maybe we should wrap up. Like we didn't yeah. talk about how it ended. But uh, all I'll say is that there's a ton of surprises. I had predictions about how things would go. And a bunch of them were incorrect. So I really love that. And I there, was genuinely afraid at yes, in this. Yes, movie. yes. Not 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 the whole time, but there are a couple moments where I thought, no, fuck, no, don't do yeah. that. Like, well, and, what are you doing, please? And and there was at least one moment where a decision was made that I did not see coming, and I laughed out loud, even though it wasn't funny, just at the balls to say, Yeah, and then this happens. I was like, Really? Uh, All so right, good. sounds good. Let's do that. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So high recommend on my high, end. High recommend.
All Which right. leads us to our next movie of this discussion. Hellraiser. 2022's Hellraiser. So I started the last one. You start this one. Josh, what did you think of Hellraiser? I guess give a little bit of a synopsis, though. I think a lot of people probably know basically what this is. Yeah. Give a synopsis and then let me know what you thought. So this happens uh, later. <laughs> um, I don't know if I saw all the Hellraisers before it is the thing, Liam. So I don't Was there ever like the thing with the box around the house? Was that in any of the other movies? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, so, if it is, I don't know about it and I apologize, but I don't think so. So there's a lady and uh, she's got this boyfriend. They got this money scheme plan to like rob this like box of like stuff. And there's only one thing in there and it happens to be the Hellraiser box when they break in and then like they steal it and it's, it's got a knife in it. It's dude. I realized when I was watching this movie, I really don't have that much of a experience with Hellraiser because I've only seen the first two. I I haven't seen a lot of them either. I saw one for that live stream I did with friend of the show, Brian Christopher. Yeah. And that's it. I haven't really checked out really the others. Which one well, was that I, one? actually I watched three. Three is the one where there's a guy with a CD in his face, and that one sucks. It's more <laughs> of just like a slasher movie. And then I watched the one that was in partly in space and partly in space? Victorian whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forget what that one's called. I think it might be called. You see, you're just saying words now. Like you could just be like, yeah. Then there's the one with the cooking show, and that was. I mean, there's well. a lot of weird ones. There's one with the internet. Yeah, there's a lot. It's it gets weird, buddy. It gets weird. Okay, respect. That said, I don't think I enjoyed this movie very much. I'll be honest with you. There are parts of it. Tell me about it. Yeah. Ah, it was just fine. I mean, like, so the movie is this young lady who's trying, she ends up like manipulating the box, which we know that there are different formations and all this stuff. And um, they all signify certain degrees of power and or the end of the world. And she ends up like stabbing people because like a knife pops out of it. And then these people get sucked in. Like, so the first victim of the box ends up being her brother. Spoiler alert. And then he disappears because he's taken with the Cenobites and now he's gone. And then it's her trying to find him with his boyfriend and their roommate. And they end up finding this house that has like an, a wrought iron covering And you find out that the house is owned. I mean, the preamble of the movie is this gentleman trying to get this other person so that he can get the power of the final configuration of the box. And um, he lives in this house that's covered in this like iron rendition of something like that would like guard the powers inside and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then you really like the guy disappears who owns a house who presumably owned the box before them. And then. Like the the roommate and the boyfriend of the brother who's missing and the girl and her boyfriend are in this house and they have the box with them. And then all this stuff happens. And, you know, there's a bunch of moving on and people get stabbed and hooks are are everywhere. Yeah. Uh, It just felt so sloppy to me. And in as much as like the, the like the actual through line of the narrative is like very present. They got this box. They shouldn't open it, but they they fucked with it. And now it's open. And then you find out that the dude who disappeared, he's he's still in the house and he's got these weird things stuck to his guts, like <laughs> going through his whole body. Ah, I don't know, Liam. What do you think of this movie? I think I liked it a little bit more than you, but not enough not to bum people out who like this movie, because a lot of people, I think, really got into this movie and really felt like it did something. And I don't know why they felt that way. Because for me, this is certainly better than 
Hellraiser 3 in my mind. And mm-hmm. certainly better than the Hellraiser I watched with Brian Christopher, which was silly <laughs> and goofy, but just not something I could care about. This is, I think, in all sort of measurable ways, a vaguely competent modern horror movie. Mm-hmm. But that's not a huge compliment because yeah. it's dealing in a world that it's not really doing very well. First of all, why is everyone so afraid of how lusty and gay Clive Barker's books are? Like, I know. It's like, dude, he was from the top gay and into bondage yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Like, so I, w- I would say even the original movie doesn't quite the- get to the depths of the book, but at least has a lot more of it present. I mean, the one of the things I think people don't get about that first movie, right, is that the Cenobites are not the villains. Frank no. is the villain. The Cenobites are just an unstoppable force. They mm-hmm. are owed something and they want it and they're willing to hurt people to get it. Yeah. But Frank is and 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 the the woman are the villains, they're right? They're the prime movers of the badness that causes the Cenobites to come. Yes. And yeah. the whole thing is motivated by unhealthy desires, destructive mm. desires, a willingness to hurt others for pleasure. For your pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, and all of that sweaty, uh, queer at times, or uh, you know, uh, fetishy stuff, whatever it is, it's all missing from this movie. This movie, despite having some sex scenes, despite having some uh, characters dealing with addiction, as well as some queer characters, despite having what is basically a stand-in for Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, right? Like. <laughs> That's who these rich people are supposed to be. An abusive dude who has a woman who helps him get victims of his abuse. It manages to not, it has all this, the way I put it to people was it has all this, all these elements for context that have nothing to do with the story. Cause then the story just turns into scary Cenobite monsters are coming to get you. Now I will say, I thought the effects were well done. Mm -hmm. And what do you think of the look of the Cenobites? I thought they were cool. Actually, I was, If we were judging this, as I think a lot of people are, purely on the idea, like, were the Cenobites cool? Yeah, they were fucking great, man. The Cenobites were super <laughs> cool. That doesn't fucking matter that much to me. What yeah, matters it is... It doesn't make for a good narrative, unfortunately. I also think, like, basing these Hellraiser movies around an addict, which I think has happened before, probably, mm-hmm. it's a little bit cheap. It's like yeah. the, 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 the lament configuration is like the way that people want drugs. Yeah, I guess it's just it's just kind of give us a little bit more about that. Like make make it a little bit. I felt like it was a very light and tenuous connection. And and what's more is there's there's just no. People are going to take this the wrong way, but there's nothing really perverse involved in this. There's no there's no effort there's to no be like. There's like no obvious scandalous. transgression. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I don't mean that in edgelord way, like, uh, you know, but there's a sweatiness. I mean, you know, she kisses a man without skin in the first movie, right? Yeah, like, she does. we're supposed to believe that they, if only he could get the skin on, they would already be boning. And in this movie, it just sort of is like, oh no, there's monsters. We better run. Like, it, it just. <laughs> yeah. The stakes and, feel different in these than the first two. It's, and it's, in as it's, much as they're less. Yeah. So. It's hard because I don't think, like, uh, for certain Hellraiser fans, this is the worst shit ever. 
I think that's ridiculous. And uh, obviously some of that is motivated by the idea that the pinhead character is now a woman. Who cares? That doesn't matter. Trans, whatever it is. I don't give a fuck about any of that shit. That's ridiculous. Anyone making those complaints is not worth listening to, not worth your time. Tell them to fuck off. Boring. Sorry. And, And what's more, it doesn't make sense because her performance is great. If you think, I don't think anyone who's, doesn't like this movie who isn't crazy is like it sucked because she wasn't a good pinhead get the fuck out of here it sucked because (laughs) to me what's bad about i shouldn't say it sucked what i didn't like about it is i didn't feel like there was much going on that connected it to the initial uh uh feelings and ideas that animated the first book the first movie from the book Right. right. There isn't that same fascination with self-destructive tendencies in that or same the duality way. Of pleasure yeah, I mean, I, I guess journey. she sacrifices her brother because she gets high and then he gets killed. But like that wasn't intentional, you know? Yeah. And I guess she chooses sobriety at the end or something like, uh, <laughs> you know, I think there, there are people sobriety. Against- I mean, basically, <laughs> but like straight up, y'all, like the ending wasn't bad because it was sentimental. It was I'm fine so with sentiment. Yeah. It was just it was just unearned. The yeah. movie that preceded the ending wasn't earned by the didn't earn that ending. And so that's why when people are like, well, I liked it, but the ending was corny. I'm like. A corny ending is fine if we have the emotional depth to get there, but I didn't care about these characters enough and it didn't feel like the movie really cared about them. Not really. Like it didn't feel like the movie was that concerned with any of its characters, including who I think was supposed to be the villain really was this rich dude. I think the rich dude was supposed to be the arch villain, but there's so little to care about with him that when he shows up at the end, it just feels like a red herring. You're just like, yeah. Oh, this fucker. He's here. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't matter. We should have spent more time. If we're supposed to care about the guy, we should have spent more time with him. How he got there. Yeah. Yeah. And all that other stuff. And it would have been like that much more of a reveal when he does show up at the end. It's this thing. A lot of, a lot of modern movies for me, feel like they're getting longer but having less content in them like i feel like i know less about the plot and the characters but i've spent more time in that world and it's a real letdown and you know i like long movies it's not that i'm against long movies i just feel like what we're given is a ton of stuff happening and not a ton of stuff for me to care about and like i just don't think i'm here to just see stuff happen i think i'm here to like connect with uh, characters and ideas. And I don't think that was present, especially on the ideas. end. I felt like this was far heavier in a certain amount of style than it was in any thought. There was no, yeah, it was definitely less ethos. affecting in a concept. There was yeah. no ethos or pathos. There was no, yeah. like it just felt like you said, unearned. Yeah. And, and uh, what I was going to say before, and I distracted myself by complaining more, I'm complaining <laughs> a lot because I love the first Hellraiser. Right. I I don't think this is a terrible movie. And in fact, if this was Hellraiser 3, I'd say, well, that's three pretty solid movies in a row. Cool. Yeah. But it's like we decided after an endless uh, uh, an endless line of drivel of terrible straight-to-video sequels, we're going to try again, and this is going to reinvigorate the series. And I just don't think it got there. Now, do I think that means that they couldn't come back to this and do better with these new Cenobites? No, I think I think with a better script and a willingness to get a little more into the, yeah. the the stuff that animated that first movie, we could have something great with these 
Cenobites and new other characters. I think that's possible. And I think the added mythology isn't bad at all. And maybe that mythology yeah. was in other sequels. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's fine. I wasn't offended by any of that mythology. I just yeah. need a movie where I care about the people and the whole thing feels a little bit more influenced by lust and sexuality, which I think is a strong part of, of the, the of the original Reaper's. story. Yeah. yeah. And yes, I get it. It's also about pain and power, but like not alone, you know, and I just think we should stop relying on addiction as the only metaphor for the box. Like right. it's a kind of addiction, but there's more going on than just saying like this girl used to take pills. Like it just <laughs> felt cheap. It felt like a cheap grab and it didn't influence for me enough the narrative. So I know uh, I'm talking so much because I can hear the people we know who love this movie getting mad at me. And I'm just sort of like talking a lot because I want to justify myself to them, but I don't have to justify myself to them. The movie was just fine. Yeah. I wasn't a fan. So there you go. Like I said, I think I liked it a little more than you. I certainly wasn't mad at it or anything like that, but Jesus, like it, it was just, a slog, man. It was hard to get through. It was, it was I like, was, oh, I Jesus. see, I didn't feel that way. I was entertained, but only, mildly entertained <laughs> you know what i mean like i wasn't bummed yeah. i didn't feel like a slog but i also thought this is the thing this is the thing it's yeah. just not no that was 100 percent. i thought like really word okay like this yeah, yeah. oh well i mean oh, granted well. i've watched worse movies this year so for sure you know sure. it's not it's yeah. not it's not a crime uh and i do think like the it's not the bottom of the barrel oh not so ever and i, I actually do think the performance of the person who was playing pinhead Sick, awesome, Pretty great. Good. Yeah, I, I, I actually liked I, yeah. it. I, the part maybe that I wasn't mad at the movie was that when we spent time with, uh, and I keep saying Pinhead, the name of the character is the priest. Uh, Jamie Clayton, right, is the priest. Mm. Great. I thought Jamie killed it. I loved it. <laughs> like, seriously, like, I was like, this is cool. What's not cool about Jamie Clayton as the priest is that. I don't care about the other stuff going on. And the priest to me, as well as all the other Cenobites should be the flavor, right? Yeah. It should be the extra. It's like when you have something with bacon in it and you realize mm -hmm. the only good idea that anyone had was bacon. The <laughs> bacon is a flavor additive. If the only yeah. idea is bacon, then just You're give me winning. bacon. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? You know, like mm. everything that set up the reason to see these cool Cenobites was not great. And it didn't justify the Cenobites in the first place, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Okay. That's enough right. complaining about this movie. We're good. <laughs> so you know, we split the ballot. I yeah, feel good about yeah, it. It's fine. fine. Uh, that said, you know, on the edict of whether or not new horror is bad, I think that the real issue is whether or not people's minds are open to seeing. I agree. So, you know, I don't think you can, write, I don't think you can write it off. I don't think you can write off modern no. horror. I think a lot of people do. And I don't think so. And I think sometimes people miss out. Because as you said, they write it off ahead of time. They don't give stuff a chance. Uh, but for me, I, it's, it is a mixed bag, but that's everything, right? Like everything's a mixed bag. Yeah. And I'm glad to give stuff a chance. Yep. And there you go. The more your mind's open, the more chances <laughs> you are to catch something good. But that's the end of our episode. Thank yes. you for listening. Yes. As always, rate, review, and subscribe, because it's a currency that means the most to podcasters such as ourselves and the ones that you like. Um, and hey, everybody have a good spooky season. Yeah, please enjoy Halloween. We'll be back soon with another spooky episode. 
in celebration of Sawin or whatever the fuck. (laughs) All right. Love you guys. Love you. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Do you like spooky movies? Hair-raising tales. Insightful criticism. Judgmental hot takes. Then you're going to love horror business. The horror podcast on the Cinepunks Podcast Network dedicated to all things weird and spooky. My name is Leo Don. And I'm Justin Lore. And every episode, we're going to tear apart your favorite and not-so-favorite horror movies to get to the bottom of what makes these movies great or maybe not great. Whether it's The Beyond, Prince of Darkness, or Inseminoid, we dive in on a double feature every episode, and then we talk about it. Some of our insights are great, and sometimes we just complain. So if we have to suffer through it, so do you. Horror Business, available anywhere you find fine podcast products.